passage this morning is out of 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. But just as we have the same spirit of faith that is in accordance with Scripture, I believe and so I spoke. We also believe and so we speak. Because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and will bring us with you into his presence. Yes, everything is for your sake, so that grace, as it extends to more and more people, may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. So we do not lose heart. Even though our outer nature is wasting away, our inner nature is being renewed day by day. For this slight momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all measure. Because we look not at what can be seen, but at what cannot be seen. For what can be seen is temporary, but what cannot be seen is eternal. For we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. This is the word of God. Thank you, God. So Paul tells us, he says, do not lose heart. And it's really an interesting thing, and it's kind of an amazing thing that Paul would say that. He encountered his share of trouble in his life as he went from place to place and upset the guys in the synagogue and upset the guys in the government and upset the guys in the street. He upset just about all the people everywhere that he went. He kept getting into trouble. He went through a lot of hardships. We know it because he tells us about that. This is out of a couple of few chapters later in 2 Corinthians 11, beginning at verse 24. Five times I received from, received from the Jews 40 lashes minus one. Five times, 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rocks. Then constantly on the move. Once I was stoned. Three times shipwrecked. Spent a night and a day in the open sea. I've been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my own countrymen, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false brothers. I've labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I've known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. This is the guy saying, do not lose heart. Do not lose heart. How can Paul be so cheerful? How can Paul say this a few chapters later as he says, look, I know what it's like to live life. I haven't been a bowl of roses and cherries for me either. I've had to go through some stuff in order to, to follow my faith. I have been persecuted. I have been beaten. I have been stoned. I have experienced these things in the name of Christ. I know what that's like. But don't give up hope. Don't give up hope. And he can say that, I think, for a couple of reasons. I'm going to have to talk about two of them. He had this ability to look at what is unseen, at what we can't see. He, he could look beyond this, what's in front of us, and he could see the unseen. He also could look at what is ahead. And he was able to hang on to both of those things with great faith. He says in verse 18, Fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. We're very affected by what we see. It causes us to want more. If I, if I have a house and, and I'm happy with my house but somebody else I know gets a bigger house and I am tempted to play that comparison game, that trap, and go, well, you know, I wish, maybe I need a little nicer house. Or I've got a nice, nice car, but, but my friend buys, buys a little nicer car and what do I want? And I a little bit nicer car. I want to catch up. <laughs> Actually, I don't. I want to get ahead. <laughs> 
battle of more. And I, I just, what do you want? I, I just want more. I just, just this much more, but I want more. Why do multi-millionaires, well, if you ask if they have enough money, what are they going to tell you? No, I just want a little bit more. I want more of what I can see. I want more of what I can, I can grab hold of around me. We get distracted by this. I know we've got some farmers in here. A little story about the farmer got distracted. One day a farmer told his wife he was going to have to plow the field the next day. He got up early the next morning so he could put oil in the tractor, but he needed more oil. So he went to the shop to get it. On the way to the shop, he noticed the pigs weren't dead. So he went to the storehouse to get the sack of feed, but on his way there, the, the sacks reminded that it was potato season and they were sprouting. So when he started to head for the potatoes and he passed the wood pile, and he remembered, oh yeah, my wife said this, we needed some wood for, for the house. So he started to pick up the wood, and then a chicken walked by. A chicken walked by, so he, did, he took off after the chicken. He said, oh, I got nothing got done. Nothing got done. How often do we do that, though? We go on and do one thing, and, and then we end up doing something else, and that first thing never gets done. Never gets done. Don't be distracted by what you see. We're told to fix our eyes on what is unseen. What is unseen, the work of God in our lives. And as I, I'm going to ask for your help, because I've been trying to... to going through this term, trying to put this thing together, and I'm going, okay, when you think of things that are eternal and things that are temporary, is there anything that we see that is eternal? This is not. This is going to fade away one day. The building is going to not last forever. The chairs will be gone. All the vehicles in the parking lot are in yeah, most of them are going to not even last 10, 15 years. What is there that we can see that is eternal? The earth, maybe, but it's not going to be the earth as we know it. The new heavens and the new earth. Is there anything that we can see that's going to be eternal? The love of a parent, can you see? Here, have me some love. You saw that, didn't you? Absolutely. The act associated with. <laughs> but isn't it interesting that, that most of what we see is temporary, the chairs? Sure. Not sure. I don't ask for sure. Yeah, by now. <laughs> laugh, laugh. Good thing we laugh that year. <laughs> and what about what's eternal? Love is a great example. Love is eternal. And we did see the actions, because I thought about that, we see the actions associated with love itself. The concept of love is not a tangible thing. The soul, the soul is eternal. There's no doubt about that. 
that's just the way it is. The outward person is deteriorating, is growing weaker and more feeble day by day by day by day. But that's only what can be seen. See, as we age, what happens to the inner person, though, or what can happen? That person can get stronger, can, can grow in faith, can grow in the knowledge of the power of God in their lives. And, and so, yeah, we may not be as able to do as many things physically as, as we used to be able to do, but we are more engaged, we are wiser, we are able to impact people from, I don't care from, from, from what age you are, whether you're 85, 90, or above, you can impact people for God. You can impact people no matter what. Paul said that this is a temporary thing, it's not going to stay that way forever. Inwardly, we're being renewed day by day. I may be weak physically, but inwardly, I'm changing. Outwardly, I may be wasting away, but inwardly, the real me, the real me, the, the eternal me. The part you don't see of me, that soul of mine, that keeps coming. That's growing faith. That's growing. That's why we would challenge you to read scripture. Amen? It doesn't matter what's going on physically. And I've battled physical stuff the last two years, worse than I have in my entire life. Doesn't matter, because inwardly I can still be growing in faith and growing in me now. So be the psalmist describes it this way, My flesh and heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. God is working my ways in my life in ways that I cannot see. The unseen hand of God is with each of us, guiding us, leading us to a, to a new place. Paul says, look more for what's not seen. Because the work of God in our hearts and lives is often unseen. The other thing that he was able to do is to look ahead. See, we're living in an earthly tent right now. It's an interesting way that he puts the body, but it's an earthly tent. It's not an earthly building. Buildings people sometimes look at and go, oh, that's going to stand a long time. How long is a tent going to stand up? Not very long. We're living in an earthly tent. It may be fun, it may be interesting, but it's not going to be comfortable during the storms, and no one wants to live again forever. You want to go back home to your house. And that's one reason Jesus told us it, it's my father's house. In my father's house there are many rooms. I go to create a place for you. He's creating a place for each of us in eternity. Psalm 90 says, the length of our days is 70 years or 80. Uh-oh. Or 90. Amen? Or 100. What did he know? If we have the strength, yet they stand into trouble and sorrow, for they quickly pass and we fly away. Y'all know that song. Home that song when you're having a bad day. It's like, okay, well, this may be a bad day, but guess where I'm going? I'm going to fly away. 
as a place that God is preparing to be. So there's a place. There's a, a poem that was written. The woman nearly 100 years old wrote it. She said, This old shell in which I dwell is growing old, I know full well, but I am not the shell. What if my hair is turning gray? Gray hair is honorable, they say. What if my sky is growing dim? I still can see to follow him. What should I care if time's old cloud is left deep furrowed in my brow? Another house, not made with hands, awaits me in the glory land. What though my tongue refused to talk, what though I falter in my walk, I still can tread the narrow way, I still can sing and watch and pray. My hearing may not be as keen as in times past, it may have been, but I can still hear the Savior say and whisper soft, This outward man do what I can to lengthen out his life short span shall perish and return to death as everything in nature must. The inward man, the scripture says, is growing stronger every day. Then how can I be growing old and safe within the master's folds? Ere long this soul shall fly away and leave this tenement of clay. This robe of flesh shall drop and rise to seize the everlasting prize. I'll meet you on the streets of gold and prove that I'm not I mentioned a friend of mine, Mark Ruiz, that he battled cancer for many years, and that um, he passed away about a year ago. And, uh, but he lived on and had a great impact, certainly in my life. He, we worked together in, in Hawk County for years, and um, and he had to, he's the one who gave me this, this, this thing when he was looking at that problem. He said he would say, you know, my, what I do is I ask myself a simple question. What is the eternal significance of this? When you're going through stuff, ask yourself that question. What is the eternal significance of this? And see if that doesn't challenge maybe what you're thinking about what's so important. Maybe in that moment, we're looking at what we can see and we're doing a comparison game on that instead of what is unseen, which is the eternal. What is the eternal significance of this? 